Clovercrest Media proudly presents Divided We Stand. Divided We Proudly Stand. We're going to have a little fun tonight. We're going to talk about some terrible things. I could have said, Mitt, drop to your knees. He would have dropped to his knees. You're fired. Starring Joe Aguirre, Brian Forster, and Eric Farron. Very fine people on both sides. I didn't come along and divide this country. I think it's a disgrace. I stand here ready to work with you. Let me talk. Quiet. And we will make America great again. Divided. We stand not as two parties, but as one nation. Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. The Republican Party has hopped into their DeLorean and traveled back in time. Specifically, (laughs) a time when a woman's choice about what's best for themselves and their bodies has been decided by a panel of old white guys. Really went back far. You know, it's true what people say. Movie sequels are always tough. (laughs) (laughs) Leave it to Alabama to pass legislation to directly attack Roe versus Wade. If there was a poll for a state most likely to embarrass the country, Alabama would have scored pretty high even before this past week. That's true, for sure. I say this with great sincerity. The only thing Alabama does well... Football. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> it's not even just Alabama, though. You got Georgia, Mississippi, Kentucky, Ohio. They all passed heartbeat bills. Jeez. Oh, and obviously it bans abortions after a heartbeat is detected. What's crazy is this happens like within weeks of conception and in many cases before the woman even knows that she's pregnant. It's 2019. These bills are both anti-women and they're anti-progress. It's like these guys don't know how it works. <laughs> they probably, kind of. They probably don't. <laughs> there are heartbeat bills proposed in 11 more states. This isn't going away until it's brought no. to the Supreme Court. No. And our president has campaigned on installing pro-life justices in between calls to build the wall and phone calls with Russia. It's I don't like, know where it's like his third like... biggest talking point. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Also, he doesn't know anything about it either. The process. It's sad. Can he make Mexico pay for it? Laws to restrict access to abortion do not result in fewer abortions. Right? It makes procedures more dangerous, and it forces women seeking abortions to go underground. And that's never a good thing. No. After November, if this bill does become law, a doctor that performs an abortion for any reason in Alabama will serve a lifetime in prison. Conversely, a, a rapist who's a good kid or has a bright future can serve less than a year. That's crazy. That's just crazy. This monologue, it's tough. It's a pretty tough yeah, monologue. Very, like, very tough. Where's the jokes? Can you give me some jokes, Joe? Oh, Brian, you want a joke? Here's a joke. <laughs> U.S. A... News and World Report ranks Alabama last among all 50 states in education and 46th in health care. Did I miss something? Was, was there supposed to be a joke there? Not really. I think you should go home to Greenbow, Alabama. Alabama, a state where Roy Moore isn't the worst thing about it. <laughs> you guys ever hear of the game they play on the radio sometimes, Germany versus Florida? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're changing it to Germany versus <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> good for Florida. Yeah, good for them. They stepped up. <laughs> Alabama, there's a reason even Forrest Gump left you. Republican National Committee Chairwoman Rona McDaniel is the latest Republican to come out to say Alabama's new abortion law, one of the strictest in the nation, goes too far. McDaniel said that 
she would have made exceptions for rape or incest in the law. She noted that there's a broad spectrum of views on abortion within her party, which she described as the party of life, but for which there is no litmus test for membership. The Alabama measure, which is the most recent to be signed into law, will ban abortions in almost all cases except where a woman's health is in danger. And guess who decides that? A uh, panel of old white guys? No, your doctor. And oh. if your doctor is pro-life, you're going to have a hard time convincing that guy why you need one. This, this, like almost every issue in this country, this, is, this comes down to economic status. Sure. sure. If you're a wealthy woman and you need to get an abortion, you'll get an abortion. You'll you'll get one. You'll make the arrangements to make it happen. This will disproportionately affect poorer people, and by virtue of that, it will disproportionately affect people of color. I just don't understand what what is there to gain. So, obviously, this is a very sensitive topic, but what is there to gain by restricting people from having abortions? You know what? If you don't believe in an abortions don't get one no one's stopping you but that's why it's a choice that's why it should be a choice what's good for you may not be good for somebody else and to not have exceptions for rape or incest that's ridiculous when tommy laren is like cool it yeah that should be even in alabama that should be like wow yeah, even Kevin McCarthy, the uh, minority leader in the House, is like, yeah, this is this is this is pretty uh, pretty aggressive. Now, you know, there is, and again, this comes down to misinformation, which you know, and I hate to call out right wing media; everybody knows that. <laughs> but this is misinformation. This is President Trump on a stage saying that they deliver babies and then smash him in the skull with a hammer. That's not. Uh, that's not. I mean, that's murder. Right. I listened on conservative radio to a doctor say that there is, I'm going to put it in air quotes, scientific evidence that say there's evidence of a fetus swimming away from forceps in an, in an abortion process. I mean, that's horrifying, but it's not true. So I, I read I read some writings. It feels like it could be true. I read some writings from Carl Sagan, who, if you want to know scientifically from from that standpoint you want to understand abortion uh and and pregnancy and how it all works it's fascinating um you should you should read what what Carl Sagan had to say because you know he he points out some really as you just mentioned Brian the heartbeat isn't generally felt until before you even know that you're pregnant right so it would be an impossibility at that point to figure it out so three white dudes talking about abortion. If you're not getting what you need, you can go check right. out Carl as well. Here's what people are... <laughs> Add another one to the mix. <laughs> Here's where conservatives... Any other white guys who can weigh in on abortion? The conservative argument becomes that women use abortion as birth control. And I knew one girl back in the day that got a bunch of abortions. And her nickname was Abortion Queen. That's how everybody knew her. It was, it was these were the it was the nineties. It was a different time. Okay, I didn't say that. Other people did. Not but that the, was not the eighteen nineties. This like we're girl going apparently, back I it was rumored, and I don't know how, that she had like seven abortions by our senior year of high school, and so Jeez. you know nobody wants that. But I don't, you know, that's not who's getting abortions. Statistically speaking, it's women who already have families who yeah, are getting I read abortions, that and they just don't want more kids. And for the government or for anybody else to tell you that you have to carry a baby, my God, 
you know, your your wife, you have you have you have kids, Eric. You yes, know, your wife's been through the process. Absolutely, it's, it's not fun. It's not easy. Why is it that Republicans cry about too much government, and then they're installing bills where the government's telling you what you can and can't do with and your body? And then they step in. Yeah, like... listen, birth control, ban it. Abortions, ban it. Guns, well, bans don't work. Right. They'll find a it's way. It's a mental to get... health issue. Sure. Right on. I mean. This, again, this is just one of those 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 hypocritical stances that they're taking. If you want limited government, then, as women say, stay out of my vagina. That's not me oh, talking. We'll just let that sit there. Can we yeah, say that can, as a drop somewhere yeah, and just play it again later? <laughs> Joe Aguirre says, stay out of his vagina. I, listen, I am not a big <laughs> proponent of abortions. And... I don't think anyone's like, yes! oh, I love abortions. Brian, so, but again... Like. Again, the conservative media will tell you that the liberal media wants everyone to get an abortion. That's what they say. And goodness, I mean, what's more vulnerable than a baby? Sure. Well, you get yeah the stuff that happened in New York where, oh, they're authorizing infanticide. No, they're protecting abortion. They're protecting the right to abort a baby. I mean, there's not people doing a lot of late-term abortions. And I've got issues with that. I've read articles about women in Texas where, again, it's illegal to abort a pregnancy at any point. We're literally in the eighth or going into the last trimester. The baby dies in the womb. Guess what? That baby cannot be removed by a doctor. That pregnancy cannot be forced out, even though the fetus has died. You have to carry that thing until it naturally comes out. And imagine that process and what that feels like, or going home that day with a dead baby inside of you. And there's nothing you can do about Correct. it because the government says this is illegal. I who, the, who are they protecting? I wouldn't live in Texas or Alabama or any of the other states that you mentioned because, it, listen, it, at the end of the day, you don't believe in liberty for citizens of this country. Straight up. Who are the people calling for restricting abortions? Religious right. Yes. White guys. And it's people funny, who... if you look at the polling, nearly every single group, even on the right, other than Episcopalians, rather, older Episcopalian men are the only group, and it's close. It's like a 54-46 where, where they want to see Roe v. Wade overturned. Every other group, including Catholics at this point, Catholics in general are like, ah, it's all good. It's a choice. It's, a, it's got nothing to do with religion. It's absolutely a choice. And like Brian is saying, like government, the, the Republicans, the conservatives, they don't want a lot of government. They, they're they against Medicare for all and all that stuff. And then this comes up and it's like, we're going to put this in place. I think a broad solution for everybody to get that wants to speak out on this and get it is to educate themselves, do things like you did, Joe, look up some research from somebody from somewhere and get all the information, get all, get facts, look at polling, look at statistics and figure it out. If your research uh, source has a .org at the end, that's probably double check. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, double check. One of the things Carl Sagan pointed out is uh, a fetus isn't viable until it's six months. That's when the lungs start to form. But then as he points out, take a baby at nine months, deliver it, and just leave it there. And there you are. That That's not able to sustain what, life what, on its own. Who's that good for? Right. But again, the, the idea that, you know, at a certain point, when does this thing become a human being? When, when does it have rights? 
That's the question everyone's trying to figure out. As Carl Sagan points out, it's not a conception. Because, again, if you know anything about the science behind pregnancy, the sperm always attaches to the egg. Whether that fertilizes and turns into a baby, there's rare, so rare many, if ever. There's just so many arguments you can make. There's just so many that you can make over why this is just an absolute atrocity. Carl Sagan also made the point of, and I'm sure you've heard feminists make this argument, you're like, pa, Carl Sagan's the one that I think came up with the idea that men masturbating is basically genocide. You're literally killing millions of sperm just like that. Are they gonna they're gonna stop that in Alabama too? Yes. They're they're gonna <laughs> stop that in Alabama. Well, I'd see, like to see them try. Well, so got a better chance of getting their guns. Y- you see where uh, <laughs> you've got people now led by Alyssa Milano going on a sex strike. And you know what? I, how is that helpful? Let me tell you something. I have had a crush on Alyssa Milano since my childhood. What? She's one yeah. of my favorite people. She loves baseball. It just makes her that much more appealing. Charmed? Uh, is celebrity Char- crush. Is Charmed what did it I've for you? I've seen all of Charmed, uh, yep. yes. Uh, yep. I think I own a couple of seasons on DVD. That's, wow. That's, that's impressive. That's pretty serious. Yes. We'll have an intervention later. <laughs> I've seen all of Alyssa Milano's six movies. Yeah. Um, Poison Ivy 1, 2, and 6. She's, <laughs> that's, that's she means reference. well. <laughs> Alyssa Milano getting involved in politics is like Chelsea Handler getting involved in politics. That's cool. No thanks. Well, you I have, don't know if they're the right spokespeople for the job. Bette Midler is joining her on the sex strike, and who's like, oh, wow, that's there you go, there you go, Bette Midler. No, Bette, not you too. <laughs> Just, oh ask, boy, ask Hillary Clinton how well celebrities can help you get ahead in the political game. <laughs> oh, jeez. Zing. <laughs> it's just sad. Yeah. It's just it's really sad. It's horrible. And for people who think that their votes don't matter, when this goes to the Supreme Court, and it will. Yeah. Well. That's where we are. You got people like uh Brett Kavanaugh deciding on whether you can have an abortion or not. I'm not liking your chances. Right, right. Do we pause for gasps? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, there was actually some some fairly good news uh, in the House. Democrats approved sweeping anti-discrimination legislation that would extend civil rights protections to LGBT people by prohibiting discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. The protections would extend to employment, housing, loan application, education, public accommodations, and other areas. It's called the Equality Act. And I think most people don't know this, but... You can be fired for being gay still. That literally is still a thing. This would stop that. You can still be discriminated against from buying a home. There's a lot of places where being gay can get you fired or you're not on equal footing with everybody else. This is being fired up by the religious right. Sure. And this is another one of those situations where, look, if, if your religion tells you to hate gay people... I think you got a religion problem. Yeah, right? Or get a new religion. How is that any different than Muslims telling you to hate Christians? You're just hating hating people. Hate is sad. Yeah. But it's religious, Brian. Oh, okay. So it makes a difference. The vote passed 236 to 173. Every Democrat voted in favor. Eight Republicans jumped in as well. The measure, however, faces an uphill climb in the Republican-controlled Senate. Because Republicans say the bill would jeopardize religious freedom right. by requiring acceptance of a particular ideology a, about sexual uh, sexuality and sexual first identity. First it's bakeries. Then what? Again, one, th- this <laughs> <Nothing>. is... 
for all the people on the right screaming about Sharia law and how how are you not seeing the the how how are you not seeing it you don't see what you're doing what you're saying think about it i'm not a religious person but doesn't the bible say love thy neighbor yeah, but there's a lot of loopholes yeah, that they're all... going to throw your way to tell you why to ignore that. See, I, mean, I, I, I didn't that... see the asterisk. I Jesus didn't, didn't literally said, "Like, here's the here's the number one thing: treat others as you would want to be treated." And it and it seems so easy, unless they're gay, right? Or trans, right? Or Muslim, right? Or, or Mexican, or women, or women. Oh, that's pretty clear. Again, my personal thought, Eric, is that they're doing religion wrong. Yeah, it's got to be something that should evolve. It's sad we even have to talk about this in 2019 in America where gay marriage is legal and there are certain rights that everyone has now and it's so commonplace and people are free to come out and talk about this and we still have to put this in place because there are people who are going to just you know, be, be discriminatory and, and, and treat it wrongly. There's enough problems in the world that we don't need to focus on who can marry who what are you doing right. you know for your own health you know making the choices for yourself for your your health care your you know if you want to have an abortion because that's the choice that is right for you and your situation why is it anybody else's business well we need to stop confusing science with magic because <laughs> they're different things you know, again, you know, to go one back to the rape thing. And one is an illusion. Listen, when a rapist impregnates a victim, there are people on the right who think that that was God's will. Boy, oh boy! Again, you're 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 having a hard time selling me on your religion when you're telling me that that that's what God wanted her to get raped and to have the rapist's baby. And that would hold up in court. In a lot of states in the South, Dad has visitation rights. Interesting. That's insane. It, yeah, it's just it makes me sad. It makes me sad for the country. It makes me. It just we're we're turning back progress. There was a time where I thought when my wife, who's a liberal and a feminist, told me that the Republican Party was anti-women, and I was saying, "You're crazy. You're crazy." And it's hard for me to argue with her now. You've made it so difficult to the point where I mean, what am I going to do? What, what is the argument for me to make back? I don't think, I mean, yeah, they're anti-women, but they're they're anti-everybody, it seems, unless you agree with, they're anti-middle of this country. We're, we're fighting these battles in this country now, and we see it on the news, in both sides of the news, where it's somewhat of an extreme of one side and somewhat of an extreme on the other side, and the people in the middle, they're trying to speak up, but all the shouting from the either side is getting is muffling them, and we can't speak. So politically, obviously, the, this is going to get uh, heard at the Supreme Court. The Alabama bill is federal judges are blocking it. It's going to go to the Supreme Court. How soon do you think it gets there, and does it happen before the next presidential election? Absolutely not. Okay. Listen, the the Republicans at this point are. Less about ideas and more about ideology. I, I've, I've talked repeatedly. Of the, the wall will never get built. There's a constitutional amendment that makes it nearly impossible. And when it comes to eminent domain, 
and the court battles that would ensue, you're talking decades before you would ever get resolution. Donald Trump would be an afterthought, and I doubt even on this planet, by the time that thing got through the court system. It's a lot of ideology. It's more that than it is actual things. Whether whether these bans are, I mean, and these bans are definitely not going to get held up in the Supreme Court because John Roberts isn't going to let it happen. John Roberts will not let this happen. John Roberts, while he is a wonderful conservative, he's not going to vote. He's not going to go that route, and and he's shown that time and time again. And we've even seen where Brett Kavanaugh, in certain in certain cases, and in, in since he's been in. Uh, has sided on behalf of of the people, so I don't well, know. The Supreme Court should be concerned with precedence, and precedence Correct. is Roe versus Wade. Exactly. Yes. So these bills are being brought up because it's thought that this is their best chance to to make meaningful legislation banning abortions. And so here we are, and it's not just Alabama, like we mentioned. It's many many states. I've said that exact thing a lot this week, Brian, that Roe v. Wade is the precedence, and that's what you have to look at. So hopefully, <laughs> from from Kavanaugh's hearings where he talked a lot about precedent and following precedent, that's how you're supposed to rule when you are a justice, especially at the Supreme Court level. If you're on the fence over whether to vote in 2020, if you're on the fence and this can't get you out to the polls, what what are you waiting for? Yeah, seriously. Uh, if, if You know, maybe you need self-help oh. to get out to the polls. Oh. Yeah, any place you can go for that? Uh, yeah. Uh, nice self-help segue. guru Tony Robbins is now in the crosshairs of the Me Too movement. I should say, once again, in the crosshairs, he's he, accused. He's the guy with the ponytail, right? Isn't he's the Tony guy Robbins? who's like 6'8". He was in that movie with uh, Jack Black and oh, what yes. is Paul Trump? Shallow Hal. Shallow okay. Hal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tony Robbins is a little bit of a jerk. Let's He's got just those say. infomercials that you have to meet at the uh, the ballroom at the Marriott. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, he's accused of sexual misconduct by former fans, by oh. staffers, and of regularly berating victims of rape, violence, and abuse as a form of therapy. These allegations are contained in a lengthy story, which you can see on BuzzFeed News. It, they conducted a year-long investigation based on leaked recordings, internal documents, and dozens of interviews with fans and insiders. Some of the men and women interviewed have mixed feelings about Robbins. They might be offended by some of his past behavior, but remain grateful to him for saving or changing their lives. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago uh, when the Me Too movement kind of first got underway, video emerged of him talking to a woman and, and basically telling her uh, sort of to get over her rape. Like don't don't be a, don't play the victim here, rape victim. Right, and this is a this is a help a self help. Yes, person. That, this that's was the on video in an arena with about ten thousand people in it, where he basically. What are his credentials? I mean, I know obviously he has good name recognition. This was a guy who's down to his last fifty bucks, and uh, by doing this. Uh, has become a multi-billionaire who... Through the power uh, of positivity, uh, unless yes. you're a woman. He is what I would call a snake charmer. Okay. Yeah. He's a snake oil salesman. Absolutely. You know, here's the thing. There's a lot of weak-minded people in this country. He feels good, and you can feel good, too, for three easy payments of... Yes. 
There, yeah. There's a lot of opportunistic people out there who will exploit you and and your victimhood or your position in life to benefit themselves. And I believe Tony Robbins is one of those people. Does he sell limited edition uh, gold or silver coins, or how does how does he hook you? <laughs> I think currently he uses he has celebrities that follow him and use his methods. I I. Th- he was in Boston maybe last year or the year before. Tom yeah. Brady was there. My real estate company went to an event at uh, the Meadowlands, or what it meant, Life Stadium now it is, uh, last year, and I was invited to go, and I was like, yeah, I'm all set with Tony Robbins. Yeah. I'm all set with that guy. And there's something about him. I don't, his goatee. I mean, what is this, 1997? What, are you kidding me? You can't trust a... <laughs> you can't trust a guy with a skinny goatee at this point. That's fair. That's words to live by. Isn't it? Yeah, I like it. Plus, he's a giant. It's like a he's... weird giant. So, too many factors going against him. Way too oh, many. Also, he's a scumbag. Yes. Love that, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming out. And kind of rapey. Yeah. I'd like to show you guys my shocked face, but it's hard to see. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Divided We Stand. You can check us out on Facebook. Make sure you like the page. We post a lot of articles. and We're always looking for your thoughts uh, on any particular subject. You can also follow us on Twitter at DWS News Podcast. This local news segment is powered by this CMG podcast. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Fenway Fodder. Fenway Fodder, a Clovercrest Media Group production, is a baseball podcast for Red Sox fans by Red Sox fans. Wow, this is awesome. I'm your host, Nate Zielinski, and along with my co-host, Raven, Nick, and his pup, Petey, we will be with our fans all season long. Uh, we have a great group of guys. I couldn't be happier to be sharing this experience with everyone. Streaming everywhere. The battle over tolls heat up. There was more sparring between Governor Ned Lamont and Republican leaders here in Connecticut. Lamont's determined to get tolls passed. Republicans are fighting to stop them. Things have been kind of heating up for a while. The legislative session is kind of coming towards an end. It's not clear if there's going to be a vote. Republicans say they have a short-term and a long-term plan. Both rely on borrowing money. The governor did say that a bill's been drafted for the tolls. Details still need to be worked out. The House said it's possible there could be a vote on the final tolls proposal as early as next week. And yes, there is a plan to lower the gas tax, perhaps by five cents. Thanks, Ned. (laughs) So we get to pay about $1,000 a year for tolls. And our reward is we'll save a nickel at the pumps. I think hmm. what's interesting, and there's only a couple weeks left in the legislative session, so Democrats are now considering, do we just jam this through? That always goes over well. Well, figured, you know, you may not have a better opportunity than you have now to just stuff it down people's throats and say, here you go. I know you don't want this, but this is what we need because Republicans will borrow the money instead, and it's Connecticut paying for all of it versus taxing out-of-state drivers for using the roads. I think when you look at the adverse effect it's going to have on different businesses and different organizations, I think there's things that have to be taken into account. This is another one of those things like Trump's wall. This has a possibility of happening, but again, this isn't going to happen next summer. No. This is a long-term project. 
there's a lot that's going to go into the planning phase, the money phase, then the actual construction and implementation phase. This we're just a couple of years out here. They have time to talk it out, work it out, and you know, for once, just for once, do something smart that's beneficial. We understand that we need we need to do this. And what's the right way to do it to have the the least impact on business and on the middle class? What concerns me is when Lamont says, oh, the details will be worked out later. How has that worked? Because originally when he was campaigning, he was just going to toll trucks. And those details started getting worked out and he started, let's toll everybody. So what's the rush? Well, sure. Also, his his offer of... I'll cut the gas tax if you give me tolls first. I don't feel good about that. No, not at all. Especially not that, that I don't, small amount. It's not that I don't trust them, but I don't. Well, it just... It's, <laughs> Does that make sense? It's just, that makes plenty it's of just sense. politics. It's just politics, and that's all it is. Why? So if you don't have consensus don't among, among the public... Yeah. Right. So you talked about doing a study about them, so do the study before you enact legislation. Once again, the right-wing media... In Connecticut and the Republican Party in Connecticut has done a much better job of scaring the daylights out of people into being anti-toll. I think what people really need to know is and I think what Democrats and the governor could do themselves a favor is by explaining all this and being more transparent. I think if I have an issue with how they they conduct their business in Hartford, it is nothing is ever very transparent. Well, that and you say one thing and it becomes a totally different thing. Yes. So when people make the joke, oh, grab your wallets, here come the Connecticut Democrats. Look at what look at the facts. Look at the facts. That's not wrong. Absolutely. But again, it Democrats, the messaging sucks. It's it's not good. You're not explaining to people what the benefits are to them. And let, let's be honest, when it comes to anything, your your number one thought has to be what's in it for me. How does this affect me and my family? That's it. Right, Eric? We've talked about this. Yes. You're a family man with a, with, a, with a home and a family and a wife. If if you feel like you're getting something out of this tax or out of these tolls, then you're like, all right, yeah, I'm in. Speak to people like they're individuals and they have stake in the situation. Don't just... Don't just run it through and oh, this is what's going to happen and this is going to be good for everybody. No, speak on an individual basis or the people with families or the the guy that's just trying to get to and from work every day and pay his bills. Like figure out how figure out a messaging messaging that's going to help and be beneficial to everybody. Poor infrastructure impacts everybody. It impacts commerce in the state. It impacts out of state people. It it I want Connecticut roads and bridges to be able to support. Connecticut economy and and no one's no one's disputing that it's how do we get there and are we talking about facts I've seen Republicans suggest to the middle class of Connecticut that they're going to put in an exception or an exemption for um, the working poor uh, whether it be a discount or credit back to them on the tolls which again leaves who holding the bag Right. The middle class. Right. And the Republicans are able to use that to say that the Democrats don't care about the middle class. Again, the Democrats have to show the middle class, well, here's why we're doing it. Here's the benefit to you. And 
I just don't feel... I mean, if they're doing it, you're doing a poor job of getting it out there. What I want to see is, here's what we're generating now. Here's what we need. This helps us get there. Is what I want to see, because the story just changes. It changes all the time. And so what? You're going to... I know there's there's legislation to say, um, you know, transportation lockbox. There's stuff that says tolls collected have to go towards those roads. But... Make that clear. Make that clear. Here's another example why the messaging clearly is going the wrong way for Democrats. There was a Noel Tolls, Connecticut, a grassroots organization, held a rally at the state capitol in Hartford yesterday. Last week, members of No Tolls CT went to the state capitol with a petition signed by 100,000 people who are against tolls. Democratic leaders supporting tolls said... That's not enough signatures in a state with more than 3 million people. But you don't even pause? <laughs> Correct. Again, th- th- this is where... Are they Russian bots? This is where, once again, I'm telling you, the Democrats fail in their messaging. This is that, do what we say. This, I, I, you know, I've talked about this before. Uh, Governor uh, Malloy, right after the Sandy Hook shooting, was at a town hall in Meriden. A guy asked a simple question, why do legally abiding gun owners have to be punished every time there's a mass shooting and Malloy basically screamed in the guy's face uh basically said hey look the democrats are in charge you guys lost you're gonna do what we say and i thought oh what a horrible way to explain to somebody your position so so i mean going about it that way is is a loss a hundred thousand people that's not a lot are you kidding me you know what it's like to get a hundred thousand signatures yeah that well, when you're talking about taxing them and they don't want it, then you can get 100,000 signatures. Did, did the candidates even get 100,000 votes in the election? I'd be curious what what the total was. Oh, they're probably still calculating the votes in New Haven and uh, Hartford and Bridgeport. Yeah, I'm That's sure they why. are. Yeah. Uh, Republicans feel the petition says a lot, and I got to tell you, I, I agree with them on that. Why rush it? That's what I'm saying. Why rush it? Because, look. Do what's best for the state. And I know people talk about kicking the can down the road, yada, yada, yada. But there's clearly an argument to be made for both. So let's continue to make the argument and not just jam it through because you're running out of time in the legislative session. Yeah, no, you're you're, you're 100% right. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I feel like in a lot of ways the national... Republican and Democratic relationship is having a detrimental effect on state government. And I think you're starting to see it in Connecticut more and more. By forcing out moderates? Yes. What's a moderate? Somebody who's no longer in (laughs) in public office. A former politician, you say. (laughs) Uh, After seven hours of deliberating, state senators voted to raise Connecticut's minimum wage to 15 an hour by 2023. In October, the minimum wage goes to $11 an hour, rises a dollar a year up until 2023. Republicans, of course, feel this will shrink the state's economy. There's no reason why that should. Uh, You know, here's the thing. Again, you're going to be putting money in people's pockets. And, Brian, when you put money in people's pockets, what do the majority of Americans do? Well, they're going to spend it, Joe. Yes. But you also have businesses coming out and said, well, we can't afford this. We're going to have to leave if this goes through. All right. Leave. You're not be- you're not able to pay your workers a-, a livable wage, and that sucks. Then you're not doing a good job with your business. That sucks. Run a better business. That's my thought.
Yeah. You know, I, I had a friend once who had a car, a very expensive car, and he told me he had to get rid of it because he couldn't afford the gas. You sure it's not the $550 a month car payment you're struggling with? Probably should have considered that. Yeah. It's not the $60 a week you're spending on gas, you dummy. People are unbelievable. Uh, Democrats believe this bill will benefit the 300,000 people trying to make ends meet in the state who currently make minimum wage. The bill passed by a vote of 21 to 14. It now goes before Governor Ned Lamont, who is expected to sign it into law this coming week. Divided We Stand is on Facebook. Make sure you check us out there. DWS News Podcast on Twitter. Can we also mention that it looks like legalization for uh, marijuana is not going to happen in this session, too? Yeah. Well, again, this is one of those things where you want to just keep kicking it, kicking the can down the road. You're so worried about generating revenue and you're Democrats and you're in charge and most people are in favor of it. Hmm. Hmm. Tolls. Tolls it is. Yeah. I mean, come on. If you want to stay in office, you really need to listen to your constituents. Absolutely. Don't give me that, oh, we know what's best for you thing, because if you're not explaining it and I don't agree... Then you can you... move to Alabama. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'll we're, pay tolls. We're going to tell you what's good for you, because we're in charge. I, I tell you what, I don't care which party it is. If you're coming at me like that, I'll be on the other side every time. That's not going to work. It's not the way to make friends and influence people. No. No, it, it's just, it'll be interesting to see what happens over these next two weeks. Do you think that they're going to pass tolls? I do believe they're going to pass tolls, yes. With the details to be figured out later? Yes. Like they said? Yep. What could go wrong? Oh, yeah, it's going to be glorious. You can't know We're until they pass it, Brian. 52, 53 gantries on merit, the merit, 91, 95, and... Uh, Our state yeah. government in the last four 84. years has done a horrible job with almost every single aspect. Why should this be any different? Right? <laughs> I mean, my I'm setting the bar low, and I'm keeping my hopes even lower. Our because... glasses are half empty this week. It's, yeah. been, it's been a trying <laughs> week for everybody. Why are they doing this to us? All right, the big finish is next. It is powered by this great CMG podcast. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Yankee State. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. your mind and i just don't think you quite understand how baseball works streaming everywhere president donald trump delayed by six months a series of tariffs on foreign cars from europe and japan pushing back uh, the aggressive move to give negotiators more time to reach broad trade agreements trump administration officials have determined that auto imports auto imports threatened to impair the national security of the United States. The president faced a deadline this week to decide whether to put those tariffs into place. He was threatening to raise foreign auto tariffs as high as 25% under the same national security provisions he used to raise barriers on foreign steel and aluminum. Under the president's order, the decision will be put off for 180 days. Not as easy to win as he thought. This is all part of the game. I wonder if that's why no one ever tried it before. Because trade wars are not easy to win. No. Well, it's just, 
this is what he does. This is how he's been in business. He says, oh, well, we're going to do something unreasonable, and then it doesn't actually happen. He realizes it's totally unreasonable and can't do it. This is his negotiation tactic and strategy. It is different than any president has done. He's not a good businessman. I mean, is is that... Is, is everybody... Well, good for who? I, I mean, for himself, yes. Donald Trump is good at benefiting himself. He's made a lot of money since he's been in office. Well, a he, lot of money. He's, he's looking to subsidize farmers again because his trade war with China is hasn't worked out them. all that well. Right. It's going to be interesting to see in the 2020 election because you know the Democrats are going to fight him tooth and nail on helping out those farmers, which sure. seems counterintuitive, but that's what they're going to have to do. So that they can then say, look what Donald Trump did to you. And then, of course, Trump will be like, bah, they could have voted for it. And they didn't. Right. That's they just hate le you. Leftist media. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Trump will win that battle because he always does. Because the messaging is always better. It's always more practical. Well, so will Biden be able to deliver that message? The conservative Joe Biden? Yeah, I think so. I think he'll, I think he'll is get he, that. Is he a conservative? <laughs> That's, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, it depends uh, how far left of the media you're watching, because if you're in the middle, he's great. The more left you go, the more right it sounds like he is. So if you're avoiding Vice News. Yes. <laughs> I guess him and uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez kind of had a little back and forth this week, and uh, Papa Joe kind of backed off a little bit. He ain't messing with AOC. That's probably good. Probably yeah, good for him. He's not going to insult any other Democrats. Well, he can read poll data, too. He, yeah. <laughs> He's probably not going to have to. It's kind of like in boxing where you said, oh, let this person just punch themselves out. And then uh, you're it's a rope-a-dope move. On the Green New Deal, Joe Biden was talking about um, finding some middle ground with Republicans. Mm -hmm. And AOC wouldn't have it because she's like, there is no middle ground on fake science. Where's the middle ground? <laughs> Biden has made a career of actually enacting policy, and you need to do that in a bipartisan way to have it stick. There's a lot of stuff in the Green New Deal, but why can't you why can't you kind of temper it to make it a little more palatable initially? And then okay, phase one. And then phase two. You gotta get rid of this two thousand six mentality, my friend. <laughs> a working with working with <laughs> yeah. people to working get things with, done yeah. for I'm the common good. Not sure you've heard of the Tea Party, but <laughs> there is no there's no longer compromise and bipartisanship. It's never gonna happen. I'm just living in my own fantasy world, is what you're saying. Wait until Antifa gets its own wing of the Democratic Party. That's when the real fun will begin. The They'll Democrats be can't find bandanas. common ground within each other. Yes. How are they gonna find common ground with Republicans? Correct. Wow. Never gonna happen. Well, if they elect Biden, he'll try. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, I think, and I like them both, and I do like, I like Bernie. Everybody knows I'm the, a Bernie guy. currently one and two. I believe they're way too old for this. I think, I think, I think the candidate that runs shouldn't be over 70 years old. I don't disagree with you, but those are the people we have. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree, but I think those are the options. If it was going to be somebody else, where are they at? And I think I know, you know, being in Massachusetts, the the uh, the the fandom for the Democratic candidate, it's going to be Biden coming out of Massachusetts because they don't like Liz Warren up there. 
even though she's from there. But Biden is seemingly has wears that mask of the old school moderate Democrat, yeah. the Clinton Kennedy type era type of Democrat. And people want to romanticize the Obama years. You have Biden right there. Yep. You've got you know he can speak to the he's he's off the cuff. I mean, I understand the appeal. I wish he was twenty years younger. Michelle Obama, Secretary of State. Your face is priceless. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's shock face that you can listeners can see. <laughs> Just silence. Here's it, Listen, if I were the Democrats, I would be talking about this next story like there's no tomorrow. The Trump administration is preparing to release hundreds of asylum seeker and migrants caught along the southern border into Florida's Broward and Palm Beach counties and obviously, there's no apparent plan to house, feed, or care for them. Broward County Mayor Mark Bogan said that Customs and Border Protection officials told him they would unload about 1,000 migrant families each month. Each month? Evenly month? split between the two counties for an unknown period of time. Now, did those counties, how'd they vote? Were they blue <laughs> counties or were they red counties? It gets better. Okay. Bogan called the plan irresponsible. He warned that it would create a homeless encampment in his South Florida county. It remains unclear why the Trump administration selected South Florida as the first location, not along the southern border. Trump's discussed wanting to punish so-called sanctuary cities that don't fully comply with federal immigration laws by dumping migrants into those counties. So, yes. Um, Is Trump still going to carry Florida when he's dumping <laughs> Dumping thousands of migrants every well, month into into so counties. Palm Beach is not a sanctuary community, oh. so they're well. That doesn't fit the narrative. Also, Palm Beach is home to Mar-a-Lago. I mean, is Trump looking for cheap labor? It's just because I can't explain that otherwise. <laughs> Does he? Is he looking for workers? Well, but he'll he'll say something like, "Oh, we're gonna dump more migrants into sanctuary cities, and the crowds go wild. They love it. Oh, stick it to them. Oh, that's Donald Trump." That's great. That's what we voted for. And that's it's disgusting. It'll be interesting to see if those cities are able to get money to take care of the, the migrants that get dumped there, because that'll be a real kick in the in boot, because it'll be the Trump administration giving them the money. It'll be all that abortion money that's now available. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, boy. Uh, President Trump reported income in the hundreds of millions for 2018 for businesses and other assets. Uh, the Office of Government Ethics released an 88-page report. The form listed liabilities that included mortgages and loans, again, with wide ranges. For example, uh, Trump listed a 30-year loan of between 5 and $25 million from a bank in Florida with an annual interest rate of 4.5% for a property near his Mar-a-Lago Resort in Palm Beach. Now, taking into account that the forms call for ranges of income, not precise amounts, the Center for Responsive Politics estimates from the report that Trump earned about $461 million in income last year. Is that information what he takes to Deutsche Bank when he's trying to negotiate <laughs> a better deal? <laughs> a spokesperson for the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, a frequent critic of the president, mind you, noted that the forms are an incomplete picture of Trump's wealth, but demonstrated how his businesses have profited from his presidency. We could talk about the blind trust that he didn't do or the emoluments clause that he continues to violate. Um, the fact that Eric is running everything, which is a joke. 
Right, <laughs> like, right. Who, the who company's doing well with right. Eric at the helm. Right. I mean, red he flags. Has full autonomy yeah. to run the business. Red flags. Eric Trump all over the place. Right. Um, people have made this argument from day one that Donald Trump, you know, was only running the president to raise the value of his name, his company. I mean, he refers to himself in the third person like he's the rock. I mean, it's it's a weird thing to do. That I agree with. That it's a weird <laughs> thing to do or that no. he doesn't Re- like the rock. Re- referring to yourself in the third person yeah. to up your uh, profile. Um, my favorite thing he recently said <laughs> was credit where credit is when, due. When, when the president... <laughs> <laughs> Donald, if you don't know this, Donald Trump, I swear to God, said this. He was talking about George Washington, and he said George Washington's biggest mistake was that he named his property Mount Vernon and not Washington because he would be better remembered. Okay. Well, yeah. that's why you got well. Trump on every single building that he owns, and he's leased his name on oh, everything. Yeah. Where Where's the White House? Where Where is that in? Hmm. Is that Washington, D.C.? It is. It is. Oh, yeah. Not when George Washington was there, though. Right. Uh, and there's a state out west on the west coast. What right. is that one called? Washington. And there's Vernon, Connecticut. So, yeah. so what? Do you... <laughs> I, I don't understand your point, sir. My my point is is Mount, that Mount Vernon, New York. By being a good president, the money earning. Just by being a good president, George Washington is remembered for his leadership. So you don't have to necessarily brand yourself if you're doing a good job. History will remember you kindly. Right. As the president who didn't want to be a king. That's right. King George. That's right. He could have done it. He got a lot of things right. Well, speaking of, let's talk about this 2020 election. Okay. Oh, boy. Everybody's briefly, running, I hear. Briefly touched on it. There's like 35 candidates now. Something crazy I love like when that. Republicans get really angry and say, oh, everyone's running. Just like this happens every year because they smell blood in the water. They think they could be Trump. Well, do you remember the 17 clowns that started the 2016? Right. Yeah. That's uh, why we have Donald Trump. So Joe Biden is leading the pack of 2020 Democratic presidential candidates. It's believed he's got the best chance to beat Donald Trump in a general election. A new poll lends additional weight to that assumption. Biden leads Trump 53 to 42 in the key state of Pennsylvania. That's according to the Quinnipiac poll released this week. Is that still happening or they shut that down too? Um, I think they're on their way to closing that down. Okay. Seems like uh, they shut down WQUN. So yeah, yeah. polls are next. Not going great down there, Quinnipiac. Women favored Biden 60 to 36. Men narrowly broke for Trump 45 to 49 percent. Biden led every single age group, although he was only favored by a couple of percentage points among people 50 to 64. He was narrowly the choice of white voters 49 to 45 and overwhelming favorite among non-whites 70 to 27 percent. Trump had a strong lead among white men 54 to 41 percent and whites without a college degree 56 to 38. I love when they say that because they're saying dumb white guys right. is what they're yeah. trying to say. <laughs> I think we can read between the lines there. Why don't you just write that in there? You should. Whites you without should. college degree. Coming it's in, like, in the dumb white guy poll. Yeah. Uh, perhaps most importantly, though, uh, Biden led Trump by 14 percentage points among independent voters. Uh, and Biden's not the only Democratic candidate favored by registered Pennsylvania voters. Bernie Sanders leads the president 50 to 43. Eric's friend uh, Liz Warren, 47 to 44. <laughs> Peter Buttigieg leads Trump by one percentage point, 45 to 44. The poll also found Kamala Harris ties with Trump at 45. And former rep Beto O'Rourke loses to him 46 to 44 because, you know, Beto's a loser. 
he hasn't run a good campaign. He didn't run a good campaign in Texas. I mean, he he's he's losing it to Buttigieg. Yes. He, he's, There's only room for one progressive young white guy in the Democratic out, Party. And he's it, been outbaited <laughs> by Buttigieg. true. You know, I thought Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, two Hispanic conservative men and Tea Partiers running against Donald Trump, I knew neither of them was going to be the candidate. One of them was going to have to back out in order for the other guy to get the full support of the Tea Party. Okay. And so it never happened. And I think you're going to run into that same progressive problem with Buttigieg and Beto O'Rourke. You're seeing it. Both of their names suck, by the way. I'm not enjoying either of those coming off the tongue. (laughs) It's going to be a real problem going forward. I think they're going to have that problem all around there, though, because they all have different progressions of what they believe as Democrats, and they're just going to eat each other alive. I've said for a long time that Trump's going to win in 2020. I've said it. I've said it. People were like, oh, no, there's no way that happens. Deal with that reality, that that is a strong possibility, strong possibility. And if you're not happy with the job that he's doing currently, think about what he's going to do when he no longer has a mandate and isn't going to be running for anything. And he doesn't have to play this political game that he's been playing. I hope if that doesn't scare you. I hope Michael Bloomberg runs as an independent. Well, did you see where uh, Bill de Blasio is running? He said he probably won't even make it to the first debate. So why are you running? Yeah. Like, just trying to get some funding? Yeah, I would say he's looking for donors. He's looking to see who's on board so he can he can plan that out a little, little more long term. That's my guess. Now, uh, what? Why is it difficult to run against Donald Trump? You look at what he's done. You're telling me you can't find because a candidate a who can battle, run against Brian, Donald Trump. It's a losing battle because, listen, nobody, nobody can get down and dirty like the Trump. Nobody can do it. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody's going to do it. And if you do it, you're going to look at what happened when Beto went a little negative on on Ted Cruz. That might have been what cost him a close election. Beto didn't go negative on Ted Cruz. A little bit. He did a little bit in a debate. Yeah, he Hmm. sure did. It was was a shining moment through that whole campaign, too, when he decided that he was going to go after him. Well, he was generating so much money and uh, not being negative. You have to go negative. I think Biden Biden can take shots at trump and make a good run at it because i think he has enough of a reputation and enough people like him well trump obviously feels threatened because he tweets about joe biden every single day he says he calls him sleepy joe and he's literally just fixated on joe biden and what he's doing my concern will be much like bernie spent months talking about how the enemy were people like hillary clinton it's hard to get everybody on board for that candidate when the the other main primary can, is bashing the the daylights out of that person. Who's running with Biden? Who is running with Biden? Yeah, what's, as in what's who's going to be his Biden VP? and who? Yeah, it will be a woman or a minority. Okay, that's my guess. Kamala Harris. Kamala, yeah, could be oh. Buttigieg. Listen, I, there's a lot of really great qualified people to run on the ticket. I, I would say probably whoever. Uh, is most impactful in the primary. It's going to be somebody who they think can't. I mean, California. So, again, I I think Kamala Harris being a woman, being black, and being from California. I think she's most likely. Those could all be really good factors. She you know, can offset the old whiteness of Joe Biden. Sure. You know, Buttigieg obviously is a white guy, but being gay, I think, 
you know, again, from Indiana. You know, and then being from Indiana, you know, could could go a long way. It'll really depend on how people take to that. Well, and you hit on it. And Democrats need to realize that the perfect candidate doesn't exist. So get a candidate that checks off a lot of the boxes for you. It may not be all of them, but that person doesn't exist. And that person probably can't win a general election. So suck it up. Now, I think it's interesting Talking about Buttigieg, uh, Donald Trump's repeatedly mocked Mayor Pete, uh, called the road scholar Mad Magazine's Alfred E. Newman. Yep. But the president has not taken an opportunity to insult uh, the idea that Buttigieg has been campaigning with his husband, Chastin. I think it's good, Trump said. He was being interviewed by Steve Hilton on Fox News. He commented how he thinks it's great to see Buttigieg on stage with his husband, as the couple normalizes same-sex marriage amidst the ever-present media spotlight of a presidential campaign. I think it's absolutely fine. I do. He then added, however, that he believes some people in America will take issue with seeing the couple campaigning together. I think that's something that perhaps some people will have a problem with. I have no problem with it whatsoever. It doesn't sound like it, though. Yeah, just people who support Trump this might, is him. Have, might have an issue with My this supporters is, are going to have an issue with this. This is gaslighting is what this is. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it, but ugh, right. I'm sure some you people will. can't say will. Trump is against it. Right. I mean, look, that's that's the game that this guy's playing. Donald Trump's a smart guy. Donald Trump knows what he's doing. And when I say he's a smart guy, I mean in some things, not in other capacities. Well, it's, but it's not even all that different where, oh, he didn't collude with Russia. He wasn't in the same room with Russia. You can't say he colluded with Russia. See, not touching. Didn't do it. It's, it's like the same idea. <laughs> it's it's hard to pin this guy down on anything. It is going to be hard to beat him. You're you're right, Ryan. So if he'll there's... just keep bringing up the fact that Mayor Pete is a gay man. He has no problem with it. Right. Of course he has no problem with right. it. He could understand where people might have problems with it. Insert he... Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There you go. <laughs> not at all. Just Trump doing what he does now. You know, Trump did recently say that he felt like two years of this term have been stolen from him, and he has suggested he should be given two years back. He said that tongue in cheek, though. Did he though? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Uh, it it was enough that uh, Nancy Pelosi addressed it and was like, ah, uh-uh. and you know, it it would be interesting to see. Uh, because this, this, there's some real concern that if this guy loses in 2020, he's not going to leave. And I could get behind that. I could believe that. Who's going to be the guy to tell Donald Trump he's going to move out? Who's getting that job? Might be Biden. You just told <laughs> you just told this guy he's above the law. That's what you just. That's what William Barr just told Donald Trump. Right. You're above the law. Right. You're Steven Seagal. Who yeah. <laughs> who is other than Steven Seagal, who could remove him from the White House physically? Well, well Steven Seagal wouldn't. He made him like uh, an ambassador <laughs> to Russia. <laughs> so he's good. Along, <laughs> along those lines of the action heroes that might Covered want all to faces. get him out, he can't because they're all Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's... How about Jean Claude Van Damme? Is is he a citizen? Um he might have dual citizenship. I like where your head's at, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice roundhouse kick. I'd like to see that. That'd be solid. To the toupee. All right. Divided We Stand. Make sure you check us out on Facebook. Mentioned it earlier on. Uh, We always keep you up to date with all the latest news and articles. We're always looking to engage your thoughts. So kind of circumvent the political world. Keep you up to date on on the news that's important to you. Things that you really need to know about. And really just kind of talking about how they impact 
us, you know, middle class America, regardless of, of your party or your or your religion or any of that stuff. But just how do these things affect you? That's what we're trying to bring to the forefront. You'll find great articles uh, all day long by visiting our Facebook page at Divided We Stand. You can also tweet at us at DWS News Podcast. Uh, if you enjoy Twitter and you're not following that, you really should because there's some really great interactions, especially with many president. people are saying. Yeah, this. many, many, people many people are on saying. both sides. For Eric Farron and Brian Forster, I'm Joe McGuire. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Divided We Stand. Thank you.